Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I just happen to be that guy, and I'm glad you've tuned in with us this morning and uh, or whenever it is where you are. And uh, we've been in the book of Ephesians now since uh, I guess it was last uh, October the 7th, and uh, we're just digging into the Word of God, and we're excited to be able to do so. And uh, But before we dig in today, a couple of things I need to say, announcements. Uh, uh, revival be, uh, began last night in Austin, Texas, in the Montopolis area, uh, on Montopolis Drive there near the airport, and uh, Brother Royal Rodriguez spoke last night. It is a tent revival that began last night. And uh, Brother Royal Rodriguez spoke last night. I'll be speaking tonight at 7 p.m. And then uh, Saturday morning, uh, we have uh, Pastor Steve Suchi. And then Saturday night, Mark Goldwire, Pastor Mark Goldwire. And then uh, Sunday, let me see here, uh, Sunday night, uh, Lou, Pastor Lou Georges will be ministering. And so uh, I'm sure I left something out of that, but if you have any more questions, it's 512-939-8405. If you're near the area, we'd be gracious, we'd be glad and excited to meet you and to see you there. So if you're anywhere near that area, uh, make that phone call, find out the exact address. It, I believe here it is, 733 Montopolis Drive. That's 733 Montopolis Drive in Austin, Texas. And so... We'll be glad to see you there, praise God. Great tent revival going on, preaching the good old gospel, which is the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I have a, uh, three uh, CD sets here and uh, preached last year in 2016. The first one's taking up our cross. If you know what that's about, then you can learn what sanctification about. But these are really preached and taught in order. Until you know what taking up your cross really means according to the Word of God, then you'll not know what sanctification really is all about. And when you know what sanctification is all about, then you can experience this one called, No Weapon Formed Against You Shall Prosper. These were preached in order, and uh, specifically in order. I didn't really think about it, doing it on, on purpose, but it just works out that way by the Holy Spirit, because until, like I said, we learn what it means to take up our cross and follow Christ, we'll never find the sanctification which produces the holy fruit, and we'll never experience what it means uh, that not one weapon of the enemy will be able to prosper in our lives. Not that he won't attack, but we'll know that our prosperity comes from the Word of God and will always override what the enemy is trying to do. Amen? Well, praise God. This is our 35th session here, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. Today's the 23rd of June, and uh, if you'd like to give, and thank you for all those that do to help us make, keep making this possible, and uh, we'd love to keep doing these teachings and plan on doing that every single week and possibly more in the days ahead. And uh, again, thank you for all those of you who watch and glean from these teachings and are encouraged and edified and strengthened and, and find the wisdom of the Lord uh, through what's going on here, what the Lord is saying and doing here. And uh, if you haven't given, I encourage you to do so just to be a part of what's happening here uh, on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. Thank you for all your encouraging words and messages we receive of how you are being blessed by this teaching. And uh, don't forget to share these teachings. Don't just watch them. If you're watching live on Facebook, then hit the share button when it's over and let all your friends have an opportunity to hear the gospel. And if you're watching on Roku or online, then go request to be my Facebook friend. All our services are live. Uh, these teachings are live on my Facebook page thanks to hard workers we have behind the scenes and, and so much going on. So share these messages to your family, friends, coworkers ex-schoolmates and whoever are your Facebook friends and get the word out that the gospel is being preached today. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, before we dig in, let's ask the Lord to bless us this morning, to give us what we need today. He's promised that if we'd ask for our daily bread, He would give it to us. Amen? Amen. 
Father, we thank you for being able to be here uh, right now this morning to open the Word of God, Lord, and to, Lord, to value you and your Word higher than any other thing in our entire lives, Lord. For if you've spoken to us, then it is ut- of utmost importance we listen of, uh, with an utmost urgency in our hearts to take heed to what you've said, to find the truth in your Word, Lord, that we might experience that liberty and that freedom, that the truth you've promised will bring us, Lord. So we pray for the edification, the strength, Lord, the, 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 the wisdom that we need on this day to be able to run this race again one more day. We ask your blessings on this teaching, Lord. In our hearts, may we find a greater faith today than ever before. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So we are in chapter 5 of Ephesians, and we are going to start in verse 6, where we left off last week. And it says, let no man deceive you with vain words. And we have to ask ourselves, why is this thrown in all of a sudden just right here? And it's if you, when, you, when you see in the Word, the Bible, and it says it in the New Testament many times, let no man deceive you, let no man beguile you, let no man steal your crown, then you must look back at why he's saying that. And the reason he's saying that is just right before he says that, he says this. Uh, in verses 3 and 4, he talks about don't let fornication, uncleanness, covetousness be named once among you as you're becoming the children of God's saints. Neither filthiness nor foolishness, talking, but uh, jesting, which are not convenient, but rather be found giving thanks. For this you know, that no whoredoms, everybody say, this I know, this I know, that no whoredom, no whoremonger, no unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. See, there are those that go around that teach that it doesn't matter about how you live. Those are vain words. It matters how you live. If it didn't matter, if, if a Christian had no chance, no opportunity of losing the salvation they by faith had received, we wouldn't need Scripture like this. We wouldn't need an encouraging word. We wouldn't need a beware. We wouldn't need a let no man uh, beguile you or no man uh, deceive you with vain words because vain words wouldn't mean anything. But vain words can come, and with through vain words we can find ourselves venturing from faith back into the places that we just read about in the Word of God that can eventually cause our faith to be shipwrecked and our souls to be lost. And that is what the Bible means when he says here, let no man deceive you. Nobody involved living in this manner is going to receive an inheritance in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I'm glad I know today that you can't just go out there and say, because I got saved when I was 11, I can do anything I want, live any way I want, and when it's all over, that it's going to be, it's not going to be about how I lived, it's just going to be about what I did, I believed when I was 11. No, you and I are called to keep believing what we begin believing. And we'll not lose our soul because we're doing some sin. We'll lose our soul because our faith is no longer in Christ and His work on the cross. And maybe it is verbally, but it's got to be in the heart, my friend. Not just saying, I believe that. And if it is there in the heart, we're going to find, even though we stagger and bump into some of these things occasionally through life, and can I get a witness, all Christians do. Amen. But committing a sin does not lose our soul and keep us from having an inheritance in the kingdom of God and of our Christ, Jesus. Amen. But turning away from faith in the cross places us back in a world of whoredom and nastiness and jest, jestful talking or whatever it's called we just read about. And eventually we'll be so far from believing in Christ we won't even care about it anymore. I'll give you a personal story. I had a, a good friend, probably one of my best friends growing up, and uh, when we were in our uh, early 30s, maybe just barely 30, uh, his dad was a preacher all our life. 
And you know, and the Lord was beginning to deal with me about my salvation. Before I came back to the Lord, I was saved, but I, I had sin in my life. And, but the Lord was starting to deal with me and convict me of this sin in my life, telling me, this is not right. You claim you believe this is not right. And, and I didn't really know what was going on, but I'll never forget one day driving right down this highway, we're near right here, I asked my good friend, what do you think about the Lord these days? And he said, I don't even know if I believe in all that anymore. Somebody who was raised up in church every Sunday. His daddy was a preacher all our life and had claimed to be saved as a boy. But yet in that truck told me, I don't even know if I believe in all that anymore. And that hurt me, even though we were doing things at that moment when I asked him that were wrong. It hurt me because I knew in my deepest of heart that Jesus and what he did at Calvary, this salvation was real, even though I couldn't find the power at that time to be delivered and to come out from that mess. I knew it was right. And I was on my way out, and I couldn't have explained it, but it hurt me when he said, I don't even know if I believe in all that anymore. And that's what I'm talking about here. Vain words can come, and vain words can lead us astray like all that doesn't matter. And yeah, I, I took care of that when I was 11 years old. Now I, I'm good no matter what now. That's not true, or this portion of Scripture and others wouldn't be here. Amen. Vain words, words, a vain word is a word spoken that takes you away from the cross. Amen. So 99.9% .9 of all preachers today are speaking vain words. Even using the word of God, it can be vain if it's not the word of God in truth that pertains to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. We need to learn that. I don't just need a preacher preaching the Word. I need a preacher preaching the Word in truth. That means pointing to the one who said, I am the truth, and what he did at Calvary to become my liberating truth. Hallelujah. He says, let no man deceive you. That means you can be. With vain words. For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Listen, we can become a child of disobedience. And when we do, the Bible says the wrath of God is upon us. In Romans 1, it teaches about the wrath of God in this way. All who hold the truth in unrighteousness, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against them. Well, what does that mean? That means if I'm holding the Word of God with my tongue, or I'm holding the Word of God, the Bible, but I'm speaking it or I'm using it, out of the righteous manner in which God gave it to us. You see, it is the word of righteousness. Amen. So if I'm using the word of God or you, my mouth to proclaim the word of God, and it's not in truth, then the wrath of God is against me. We need to understand that Bible teaches that in Romans 1. If I hold the truth, if I hold the Word of God and, and lay it out for people every week or every day or whenever, and it's not in the way that righteousness is obtained, or as a Christian, if our fruits of righteousness cannot be increased, then I'm holding it in an unrighteous manner, and the wrath of God is against me. What does that mean, the wrath of God is against me? That means the opposition of God is against me. He opposes the proud. And it's only the proud who use God's Word in an unrighteous manner. The Bible says in Proverbs 12, 17, He that speaks truth shows forth the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is only found in Christ and through Christ and what He did at Calvary. So when we preach the Word, teach the Word, share the Word, it must be in truth so that the Holy Spirit can paint a picture of this righteousness afforded and offered men through the cross and an opportunity to be received for the lost or the fruits of our righteousness to be increased as the saints of God. Hallelujah! 
So it must be the Word of God in truth or the wrath of God will be against us if we're using it wrong. And I'm sorry for all the preachers who say, well, God just, He'll do the best He can with what He's got. And I understand that because none of us are really adequate and we're all not perfect. Not one of us is perfect. But He will only use that which is has faith in the cross and that which is declaring the Word of God in truth. Amen. He's not going to just, in spite of my not knowing it, use me anyway. Sorry, it won't work. It won't work. Now, I can preach law for 50 minutes, and then the last 10 minutes of an hour point to the cross, and the Holy Ghost can move. Even, but he couldn't do anything under the law. He couldn't do anything under the law because I was using God's Word in a way that I, as a preacher, was pointing under the law. But the Bible says in Galatians 5.18, if we're led of the Spirit, we won't be under the law because the Spirit of God only points to the place called grace, which only comes to us through faith in the cross. Are you with me this morning? Now, I'm just pouring this out this morning because this is reality. Every preacher who's preaching the Word of God, teaching the Word of God in an unrighteous manner, which means they're not using it to point to Christ and what He did at Calvary, they are being opposed by God. I don't care how much they cry, how much money they give you, and how they just oh so soft-hearted towards you. I'm sorry for how few there are that's preaching the cross. I wish all preachers did, but they're not. And it, God's calling you. I'll be preaching a message tonight in Austin, Texas called, It's High Time to Wake Up. It's high time to wake up. We need to wake up and quit using our fleshly excuses about all this stuff. That's going, well, you know, God, he, He'll do what He's going to do anyway. No, He won't. If he gets down to eight people, he'll use eight people. If he gets down to one, he'll use one. But he won't just use everyone because he's just a God of love. No, he's looking for somebody that'll believe in the sacrifice and there he'll be found working mightily, hallelujah. They that believe in their God, the Bible says, I believe it was the prophet Daniel says, they that know their God shall do great exploits. Well, knowing God is having faith in Christ Jesus, amen, and what he did at Calvary. So he says, let no man deceive you with vain words. Why? Because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Verse 7 says, be ye, not, be ye not therefore partakers with them. Now what I just explained and laid out, if the Spirit of God was able to get through to you and you said, uh-oh, it's time for me to cut, rise up and move on. It's time for me to get up and get out and look for the place where God is declaring the word through the pastor, the preacher, in truth. So that I can live in this liberty I've been afforded through Christ. Because apparently, it's not just going to happen. I must heed the warnings of God so that I can stay in this path of righteousness. The only path he leads down. Amen. Oh, we could get into that. Glory to God. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. If they're not preaching the cross using God's word, this is enough right here for me to be told by the Spirit of God to get up and get out. I'm not doing them any good staying there with them, teaching a Sunday school class behind the scenes of the message of the cross if the preacher, when he gets in the pulpit, preaching everybody the word of God out of truth, not in truth, not with a picture that portrays the avenue of righteousness. Amen. So he says, don't be a partaker with them. Those who are being deceived by vain words, well, you, you don't have to be in a cross-preaching church. You, you don't have to be. Man, all this cross. I believe in the cross, but you don't have to ever message. You, you know, ever message doesn't have to be pertained to the cross. Then there will be no freedom. There will be no liberty. There will be no victory. There will be no deliverance. There will be absolutely nothing the Holy Spirit can impart to our lives unless our faith is in the cross. And I know a lot of Christians today say, well, my faith is in the cross Anyway, just because I'm not hearing the message of the cross every service and I'm not learning the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in the context of Christ and what He did at Calvary doesn't mean my faith is not in the cross. And 
You know what? That's probably a factual statement. Your faith can be in the cross, although you're sitting there listening to somebody not preaching the cross. But if you sit there long enough, not heeding God's word that says, get up and get out and don't partake with them, amen, you're going to fall into that desensitized place that they have come to. And anybody that tells you we don't need to hear about the cross all the time, they are a part of the problem that the church has become. They are a part of the dimness and darkness that has crept back into the church where the church is just no witness today. Amen. I refuse to be a part of that, not for one minute. I don't care who they are that comes and says that you don't have to say the cross every service. That's true, but you better say the death of Jesus. Oh, you don't have to say the death of Jesus, but you better say the substitution. Oh, the propitiation. You better teach, you better point to Calvary, or you've used the Word of God in an unrighteous manner. And I'm telling you, the wrath of God is against you. Mm. He says don't be partakers with them. It's not an option here. It's a command. The Word of God, God's Word is God's judgment. That means as we place our faith in what God has said, we experience the judgment of Almighty God. And and let me say this this morning. All of God's judgment toward men are based on our judgment toward Him. What God judges that He will allow and do for us today is based on our judgment toward Him. If we've judged correctly about what he's done because he loved us in his son at Calvary, then we'll experience the positive side, the head side of the coin of his blessings. Amen. If we choose another avenue other than faith in the cross, then we're going to be the tail and not the head. We're going to be underneath, and it ain't grace, it's law. So it's not an option, it's a command. Not to be a partaker with them. When you hear things like this, and I know most would probably get angry, and bless God, he just thinks he's the only one who knows anything. Him and them swaggerts down there, they just preach like nobody knows anything but them, and everybody better be in their church or they're not going to make it. Nobody said that. Nobody, listen, I'm kind of like E.V. Hill, the old black preacher that said, I want them all saved, but I don't want them all in my church. (laughs) Just find... Some gathering, preaching the Word of God in the context of truth. And truth is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Wherever that is, it doesn't have to be at Crossway Church. It doesn't have to be in Baton Rouge. If you're in a place like that, you found a gold mine, my friend. You found a place where God can pour out of His Spirit and cause an increase in your life like never before. I promise but you first got to heed the command. You got to get up and get out and quit partaking with those who are just using the Word of God, handling the Word of God in the wrong manner. And I know it's a hard thing to do, but it's got to be done. Until you're willing to get up and get out, then you're going to miss out on a lot God's got for you. Matter of fact, let me say it this way. You're going to miss out on most all of what God had for you. He says, be not ye therefore partakers with them because you were sometimes darkness. That means because we were at one time that, we're not going back. We're not going back to this. But it can happen. We can go back and walk in darkness because vain words come. Vain words are not necessarily, you don't need to go all that Christian stuff, man. Come on. That's a vain word. That's a lie. But a vain word could just be, as I've already stated, somebody teaching and preaching the word, the word of God, out of context, causes it to be just a vain word. God's word can become of no effect. God's word can be, the Bible says, that God's word can become of no effect through the traditions of men. No effect. That means God's word can just be vain. Not producing anything of the Spirit, just producing things by men. I don't want that. And the Lord showed me that more than once. Twice He showed me I had to get up and get out. Amen. And even though I got up and got out, that didn't mean I knew everything. That just means God was showing me something I didn't need to keep listening to. Doesn't mean I had it all right. It just means I can't stay there. I got to get up and get out. Amen. 
He's talking to many Christians today to get up and get out. He says, don't be partakers with them. Remember, it's not an option, it's a command. Because you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, so walk as children of light. We've become the light, the Bible says, in the Lord. Not in a denomination, not because of my preacher's name. I am only light. I can only experience the light and walk in the light in the Lord. When you see that little two-letter word in, it speaks of the cross. And most people say, what are you talking about, preacher? In speaks of the cross, yes. Because where we were placed in Christ and became the light of God in Him is at the cross. Romans 6.3, don't you know? Why do you think Paul had to say, don't you know? That as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into His death. Our faith in the cross of Christ baptized us into his death, into him, into the body of Christ. The Spirit of God did this. It was the operation of God. You understand that? It's not something we did. It's something we believed. And the cross is where we were placed in Christ. So when you see in Christ, in him, all through the New Testament, it always points to Calvary. Because only through the cross, at the cross, were we placed in Him. And He's reminding us here. Listen, people are coming with vain words. Preachers are coming with vain words. Don't be deceived by them. Don't be partakers of that. Get up, get out. You were at one time darkness. You see, the Bible doesn't say we were in darkness. The Bible says we were darkness. And I've used this for many, many years Many times, watch this, for you were at one time darkness. We, we were the darkness because we were sinners. And sinners are not only in darkness, they are why it is dark. They mean, sin in the world is darkness and we were sinners. In the Bible, when you study the Word of God, darkness refers to sin and living in sin because of ignorance. Light refers to Jesus who claims to be our light and, and it, it refers to knowledge now that you and I are living in faith, our faith in Christ and the knowledge. Amen. We're no longer walking in darkness. We're, we're walking in the light. We're no longer walking in ignorance. We're, we're walking in the knowledge of God. And the Bible, Peter wrote that we're to grow in that knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just, now nah, I'm in and I know what I need to know and that's good enough. No, the Bible declares that we need to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's no end of that knowledge, my friend. He's Almighty God. He's Redeemer. There's no end to what you can learn, the depths of the riches of Christ. There's no end of our learning of Him. For you were at one time darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of life. Here is the, here is the encouraging word of instruction for us not to listen to vain words, not to be deceived, not to be partakers with them, but to walk in the light that was placed in our hearts. Walk in Christ. Walk in the truth. Walk in the light. Because He has declared to us, you are the light now in Christ. So walk as the light. Our, I said it Wednesday night. Our purpose as Christians is to present Christ every day. It's, it's to represent the Lord, not on Sunday and Wednesday, on our jobs, in the classroom, in the marketplace, everywhere we go, in every situation, the Lord should be seen. The Lord should be heard. That's who we are. We're Christians, not by some denomination, not by some building or a preacher. We're Christians because we've been placed in Christ through our faith in the cross of Christ. And now we've become the light that's in the world. Without Christianity, there is no light in the world. There is no savor. There is no salt. There's no flavor of God in the earth. No light of God without the church walking in this place of victory. 
a church building with a group of people just because they're in a community does not mean that that is the light of the community. The light comes on when our faith is in the cross because the Holy Spirit then is allowed uh, the right and, and the access to move in us and through us, to shine through us. Not just because there's a church. The light shines when our faith is in the cross and the Holy Spirit is shining through us. Hallelujah. So we're just being reminded here that it is a possibility to be deceived through vain words and that we shouldn't partake with them. No, the Bible teaches this also, that it's just a little leaven that spoils the whole lump. So people who say, well, I'm just, I, I know I'm hearing things that are wrong and not right, but I'm just spitting out the bones and eating what's right. You know those saying, I'm throwing out the good, and, I mean the bad, and taking in the good. The Bible says that little bit of bad that you claim you're mature enough to spit out is going to spoil the whole lump. In the Old Covenant, God never told His people, it's okay every once in a while if you find a really good girl out there in the Phili- among the Philistines or the, or the, or the, who, the, the back bites and the, 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 the big bites and all the, all the ites out there. He, he never said once, if you find a good girl or a good guy, it'll be okay. He says, you don't let your boys marry their girls. You don't let your daughters marry their sons. Why did God say that? Because he knows, even as his people, we can be deceived. We can be drawn away by our own lustful desires and turned away from God to the point of giving our children on a golden altar of fire to some false god. They did it. And don't sit here today and say it can't happen to you. Because it can well, bless God, this is the new covenant. That can't happen under the new covenant. I know Christians and I myself speak from experience. You can live in sin as a Christian and be bound in sin, not even wanting to do it, but can't get out of it because you don't know the way of victory. Hallelujah. So these warnings, I like, I like the fact that the Word of God's not written to lost people. It's only one thing that comes out of the Word of God to lost people, and that's repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. Jesus has died for sinners, and if you'll accept him, you can be saved, and then you can have eyes to see. Only then can you have eyes to see and understand spiritual things. No lost person can understand one thing in the Word of God until they're born again. Jesus told Nicodemus that. You can't enter the kingdom or even see the kingdom. That means the things of the kingdom that he has for us in the kingdom until you're born again. Amen. So to the folks who are out there saying 1 John chapter 1 was written to the lost, no, it wasn't because they can't see. They're lost. Amen. Well, see how easy that was? It's all easy. It's all kindergarten. Amen, Brother Donnie. It's all kindergarten. Glory to God. This is not for the highly intellectual, bless God. We've got it because we've studied it for 40 years. If you're a born-again child of God, you can learn the Word of God. Hallelujah. Thank God. You don't have, your maturity does not come from years. Your maturity comes from a heart that won't be moved from Calvary. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost is moving. Now, if that's where it's been for years, obviously you're going to be mature than a lot of folk. But it's not based on how many years you've been in church or read the Word. It's based on your faith in the cross. Hallelujah. Hmm. Because we were before... We were born again, not only in darkness, but we were the darkness. As here we're being reminded that we are children of light. But this experience, this walk can only take place in the Lord. It's only in the Lord we are light. And the Bible encourages us, Christ taught it in John 15, abide in me and I in you. That means continue, remain. Just how you got in Christ, keep living, keep walking the way you... When you walked into Christ by faith in the cross, keep on walking, brother. 
Don't stop walking. You got in Christ by, by just walking right into the faith and the grace being offered you. You walked right into the kingdom by faith and grace. Hallelujah. Faith in the blood of Jesus. Don't stop and turn around and take an exit because there are none the way you walked in. Just keep on walking. Glory to God. Don't stop walking and I promise your walk will turn into a run. Mm. Man, you'll be sprinting to that finish line. Persecution comes. You'll be like Stephen. You'll be running a race. You'll be too busy running to stop and notice what's going on around you. The Bible says, and we've preached it for years, Colossians 2.6, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. means just like you received Him, by faith in what he did at Calvary, keep on walking. Don't stop walking. No exits. Those are of the devil. They're illusions. They're not real. Oh, they're real. They're really bad. But they're deceptions that exits that are placed. Our God has not placed an exit in this race, just a finish line. That's our only exit. God's plan only has one exit, and it's the finish line. Hallelujah. So let us press today toward the mark. Hallelujah. Jesus is that mark. Mm. Ephesians 5 9. Because the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Now watch this. And you know, most folk, including me in the past, have just read the Bible. And, and I mean, you, you got when you're, we're not really called to read the Bible, we're called to study the Word so that we can get the truth out of the Word that brings us liberty. James wrote that God's Word is the law of liberty. It, and all God's Word is God's law. Amen. As long as it's referring to Christ and what He did at Calvary, then it, it, it remains our law of liberty. And the Spirit of God only works in that law. For the law of the Spirit of life, Romans 8, 2, in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So as, as God's Word is being studied in the light of who Christ is and what He did at Calvary, we walk in the liberty. We continue to stand in the liberty and not moving. We, we learn to walk in this truth, this liberty, and we begin to see greater and greater things the Holy Spirit reveals to us, but only as we study the Word of God in truth. So when we get to the Scripture that says, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, we're seeing what we can have if we will heed the command we were just given. But you can't have it if you don't. You can't have it if you don't. God doesn't offer His Word, which is His command, and the blessings go with it even if you choose not to take heed. Well, He's a blessing God. Oh, yes, He is. But he, His blessings are found in the way. I'm talking about spiritual blessings. Now, it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. Food going to grow up out of the ground, and the just and the unjust going to eat it. The just and the unjust going to breathe air and have marriages and kids. We're talking about the blessings that come directly from God through the Holy Spirit. The spiritual blessings of God. Not what the whole world's had since humanity began. I'm talking about what the Holy Spirit is offering, where this work is being done and the true blessings that are eternal blessings are found in us. Hallelujah. Because the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Now, he just says, walk in light. Because you're the children of light, therefore walk in light. Because if you do, if you will, if you choose to, God won't make you. you got to choose to get up and get out and quit partaking with those that are using God's Word out of this truth of the cross of Christ.
And if you do, then you're going to walk in the light. Hallelujah. Walking in the light's not feeling good today. And I just feel good. And I'll just do a good deed today. I feel like feeding the hungry. Glory to God. I want you to know people on their way to hell are feeding the hungry. Walking in the light means our faith is in what Christ did to turn the light on for us. Then he became our light through his death and that alone. And if we walk in that and we keep hearing that taught and preached and believed and studied in our hearts, then we will walk as the light that is in Christ. And if we choose to, then we will experience the fruit of the Spirit that's only found in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Mm. And all these things really can be broken down. The goodness of the Lord is who Christ is and what He did at Calvary. Amen. All the good things that man has ever had has come from heaven, come from the Lord. Everything that we have as Christians comes through Christ and what He did at Calvary. And righteousness only comes through Christ. The Bible says in Romans, let's turn over there, Romans chapter 3, I believe it's verse 22 or 23. Verse 22 in Romans 3 says, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Whoever you are, if your faith is in Christ, and what He did at Calvary for your sins... That and that alone is the only avenue through which righteousness comes. There is no righteousness without Christ and the cross. Amen. Watch this, verse 25 in Romans chapter 3. Whom God has sent to be a propitiation. That means the sacrifice, the atoning work for our sins, the substitute on our behalf. Through faith in His blood, here it comes, to declare His righteousness. You see, the cross of Christ is the declaration of God's righteousness. There is no other offer of God for righteousness. There's no other way we will ever have the righteousness of God except our faith being in what God has done in His Son on the cross. For the cross was God speaking to all of humanity this is my righteousness. Through this is my righteousness offered to you. So the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. You see, all three of these things speak of Christ. There is no fruit of the Spirit except it be done through our faith produced, bearing our lives through faith in Christ and His cross. You see, that's why the world and uh, the religious People that call themselves the church today are the church in its backslidden state just can't quite grasp what we mean when we say your faith must remain in the cross as a Christian because they call themselves doing all these good deeds. All these good deeds. We're doing what you're doing. And that may be true. On the outward, it may appear that you are doing what we're doing. Man can't see the difference, but God can. God sees who is actually walking in Christ as the light because their faith is in His Son and what His Son did at Calvary. And by the Spirit, our works are found in Christ and through Christ. Outside of that alone, even though on the outside it appears to be good, God sees that it's not good. And God's View is the only view that matters. So everything that looks good is not good. You may walk into a church and they may be having water baptism and you say, man, praise God, I just feel good about being in a place where they're baptizing people. Water baptism. What a good thing. Man, I'm blessed. And then you find out that the whole gathering there believes that because of what they did in the water, oh, that beautiful thing, that is a biblical thing. They're teaching and believing and preaching that without that dunk in the water, they're not going to heaven. And then you must step back and say, oh, what an ugly thing. God views that as ugly. God views that as evil and sinful because their faith is in what they're doing. You see, my friends, it's not really about what we're doing. It's about what the Holy Spirit 
is allowed to do in us and through us. And he can't do anything in us and through us, even bearing, producing in us and us bearing the fruit of the Spirit, unless our faith remains in Calvary. You see, there is a warning here, there is a command here, and there is an, uh, an offer of fruit. But it's not only told that it can happen, it's told what will happen if we don't. It's told that it's told, tell, it tells us where it's found as we walk in the light in Christ. Told us how it comes about through the goodness and the righteousness and the truth. Amen. See, everything in the Bible points to Christ and His offering on the cross. I'm a firm believer. I believe the Apostle Paul was. Just like he had to go to the desert, the wilderness, and be reprogrammed, be retrained by the Spirit of God because he knew the Word of God, but he didn't know the Word of God in truth. And that's what's happening today all across the world. God is bringing His people back to the Word so He can reveal the truth of His Word, the liberating factor of His Word, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Back to the place where the Holy Spirit can once again revive and go to work and, and produce in us the fruit of His Spirit and we can bear it out and be the church that God has placed here with the manifest evidence that Christ is building His church and it's not man building. There's a great difference to be seen between God's building and man's building. Man's building may look right on the outside, but when the storms come, man's buildings cannot stand. What Jesus is building, He builds upon a rock. And if the Lord is building, no matter how big the storms and dark the clouds, they will not be blown off that rock. Hallelujah. Well, who are the ones that are being built. Jesus said those who build their house on this rock are the ones who are doing my teachings. We've heard the teaching today. We've listened to the Word of God. We, we've seen it rightly divided here among us in our midst. And God is calling the faithful to rise up and to move out just as Abram did. To be able to find the blessings of the Lord. And you and I, even though we're saved and we're Christians, to experience the blessings of the Lord because they do not just come. They come to those that choose not to be partakers with what they came out of. They, they come to those that choose to see what's going on around them through faith in the cross. You've heard the message of the cross for years now, some of you, on the radio, yet you still sit in gatherings that the preacher refuses to preach the cross. Oh, he mentions it. Oh, yes, he believes it when asked, but to preach the Word in that context, it's not happening. Vain words would say, but you're a blessing to be there to them. Vain words would say, but he does believe it. Vain words would be that occasionally he does really teach it. That's vain. We're talking about we as God's people have to be brought back to the place of obeying the Word of God. Not just knowing and hearing what's right, but doing what's right. It's not the hearers of the Word that experience the liberty of the Spirit. It's the doers of the Word. Well, I thought it's not about us doing. It's not about our doing. Our doing of the Word is keeping our faith in the cross. And the Spirit of God puts a fresh, freshly birthed new desire to be obedient to God's Word. And we're found walking according to the Word. Amen. Most of the church today, I'm not being ugly, but most of the church today is found where these things are named among them. Not just once. And the Bible says, don't let it be named among you once. But most of the church is walking in a place where it's just named among them. That's who they are. They've stopped preaching the Word on Wednesday nights in some denominations and showing Mayberry RFD because it's a... Sweet little family-oriented movie. It won't help a soul. The truth is what we need. The truth is all we need. 
And when we begin to walk in that truth and refuse to be moved from it through vain words, we'll experience the truth, the fruit of the truth. Amen, Brother Curtis. Praise God. Mm. See, the reason we're told and, and, and told not to be deceived with vain words and not just because we'll be carried off and be destroyed, although that's there too, but the main reason is because the Lord has saved us to show forth who He is living in us. And He cannot do that without the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the only manifestation that He is here today. A building with a steeple, that don't mean a thing, my friend. That could be Muslims in there. That could be people in there teaching water baptism for salvation. And God cannot be represented under the law. Only under grace. The fruit of the Spirit is found in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living through the righteousness that He's afforded His people through the truth. Glory to God. And that truth is Christ and Him crucified. Not just a word, a scripture. That has to, it has to pertain to be truth. It has to pertain to the man who claimed to be truth. Glory to God. And somebody may be watching today and say, Well, I just, I've never heard that. I don't understand that. I, I, I don't really, I've never heard anything like this. That, that any word, any verse, any scripture in the Bible must pertain to Christ. For it to have an effect on you and me, it must be about Him. It must be about Him. Even though the stories under the Old Covenant are, called, are about Israel, it appears, and they are, but the Israel of God, the people of God in the Old Covenant are called the firstborn of God as they're symbolic of God's Son that would come and be the literal Son of God, the firstborn from the dead. All of the Old Covenant, Jesus said, the law, the prophets, the Psalms, the Scriptures are about Him. And when the Holy Spirit comes, they're going to talk about Him. That means we can get in the Old Covenant because it's about Him. Amen. I, see, there's denominations out there that said they don't even bring the Old Covenant, the Old Testament writings in their, in their building. Because they say we're not under law anymore. And that's a factual statement. But if Jesus said the old covenant's about him and the new covenant said what was written aforetime, before time is for our comfort and learning, praise God, give me some Old Testament teachings that's going to reveal a greater a, a portion of this life that I actually have. I'm thankful that I'm not walking under the law in types and shadows anymore, that today I'll walk in the light, the same light he's walking in. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, where is He? In the light. He ain't nowhere else. He's in the light. So we have to walk in the light that's only found in Christ. And if we do, the Bible says, And you will be cleansed from all ever work of unrighteousness. All everything that's wrong, He'll clean it up. Not just once, but every day. It's an ongoing, everlasting mercy that never stops cleaning. I don't have to wake up today and be condemned about something I did wrong yesterday because His mercy is brand new again today because the blood still cleanses. I'm brand new. His mercies are brand new. Hallelujah. My relationship with Him is not getting old. It's getting better, more intense. It's getting new again every day. Hallelujah. If you're walking with the Lord... Every day is a new day. If you're walking with the Lord, every day is a new day. You understand that? Yesterday's gone forever. You can just scratch it off, write it off. God did, and you might as well too. Amen. Happy, happy, happy are the people of God who walk in the light. Praise God. I like this. Because the fruit of the Spirit is in. It's not through vain words. It's not, it's not if we keep sitting and partaking with those who have vain words. It's in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Goodness, I've already said, is just the goodness of God. The, God, what God is, the only thing that's good is what God is doing. Amen. If God's not doing it, He doesn't consider it good. 
It has to be what he's doing. Everything else he said in the Word is is our works that may appear to be good, but outside of him doing it in us and through us, he said all our works is filthy rags. All our righteousness, all our good deeds, because an evil tree can't produce good fruit. Amen. You ain't ever going to find an apple on a thorn bush. Mm. Amen. If you, if you do, somebody stuck it on there and there's a thorn in it. <laughs> see, that you see, in today's teaching, there's just a, there's a warning. But God's warnings aren't mean. They're not, they're not mean. They're, they're a warning so we can be on guard. If God shows up and says, take heed, if God shows up and says, beware, that means perk up and come alive. Hey, what's going on right before Robin goes anywhere by herself every time she goes? And my boys, I, well, the last thing I say is I love you. But right before that, it's beware, be aware of your surroundings. In this world we live in today, you don't live, somebody don't have to just be after you. You just happen to be in the path of some destructive demon that's coming through town today. So pay attention. That's what the Word of God is. If you'll pay attention, child of God, and take heed to God's Word and quit letting vain words come in to remove you from God's Word. See, we'll hear teachings like this and we will act. We will respond. We will act. We will take heed to what God has said and we will be found moving and, and things will be changing in our lives if we heed to God's Word. Or we'll sit there and we'll just say, well, that was, pretty good. That was good preaching, old preacher. That's good preaching today. I like the authority you bring to the pulpit. I like this. I like that. Listen, what you better like is God's Word above everything else and you better let it move you because if you don't, that means vain words are keeping you paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Spirit of God will move you if you'll believe the Word. But if you're believing vain words, it just says, oh, you're okay where you are. Listen, I'm glad that I didn't listen to other folks that I love dearly and I, and I honor dearly for certain reasons, but I value God's Word above all that. All that. If I don't, it's because I'm trusting in something vain. God's word is not vain. It, it will not return to him void. It was sent to prosper in our hearts. And it will if we believe him. If I'd have just stayed, listen, if I'd have just stayed where I was at, many, many, many people's lives wouldn't have been affected today. Everybody is being affected by somebody. Can I say it this way? You and I have an effect on many, many people. I'm not talking about because I'm a preacher. I'm talking about just because I'm a just because, forget Christianity, I'm a person. People are watching you, learning from you, even in ways that they don't know about consciously or you don't know it's happening. But we're watching and we're learning from other people, lost or saved. So we need to be aware when God shows up and says, gives us some encouraging warnings, we need to take heed because if we don't, remember, it's because we're still holding to vain words. And the fruit of the Spirit, it's not going to happen. And because the fruit of the Spirit's not going to happen, then I'll have to start making up what I call the fruit of the Spirit. See, we know when it's the fruit of the Spirit because we got a joy. We've got a joy inside of us. We've got a peace inside of us. We've got, we've got growth taking place inside of us. I ain't talking about numbers in the pews. I'm talking about in us. There's growth taking place there. Amen. Well, we've got about two and a half minutes left. I hope you've gotten something out of this today. I hope it's more than just a... Good little Bible teaching. I, you know, it's God's desire and our desire as we come together on these Friday mornings to present the Word of God so those that tremble at His Word and are, are going to place faith in His Word are going to have the truth presented so that their faith can truly stand in the power of God and not just some good words of man's wisdom. But when the truth of God's Word is presented, the people of God not will, but have an opportunity to place their faith in that. And that will be then, the Bible says, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, through the preaching of the cross, the pointing to the cross, using God's Word, the people of God will have a place 
to put their faith, it's called the power of God. And, and when our faith remains in the cross, the fruit of the Spirit is unending. When we make mistakes and the world judges, judges us or the church, or we judge ourselves wrongly for a minute, I said I hope for a minute that we can get back up because we've been justified. We're right before God even when we sin. I'm not talking about our sin is right before God, but we are right before God because we're His children. Listen, when my son started learning to walk, I didn't kick him out of the house because they didn't get it the first few times. I just kept saying, get up and go again. You can make it this time. Come to Daddy. And that's what our Heavenly Father's doing. He said, come on, keep walking, keep running. You're going to make it. Don't give up. Don't, don't call yourself a failure because you have failed. Just look at me. I'm not a failure. And keep coming to Daddy. Hallelujah. Amen. Keep coming to Daddy and you're going to make it if you keep your faith in the only thing that will bring you to Daddy. And that's Christ and what He did at Calvary. Tune in next week right here. We're praying for you that God will get a hold of you as you get a hold of this revelation of the cross. Share this message. Get others to tune in and watch it. They need the truth. Hallelujah. We're going to Austin today. Austin, Texas. Pray for services this weekend. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week right here on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis.